You can be stupid. You know what I mean? That yep. is uh, one of the parts of being pretty. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. That and I would save her a ton of money on toilet paper if we hung out more. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's very gross. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Skrull of all ages, welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow estranged, shape-shifting life partner, Travis, to discuss the third episode of the MCU's newest Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion, Betrayed. We are officially halfway through the season, and unlike the dastardly scrolls, Secret Invasion seems to be stuck in one shape, mediocre. <laughs> Generic revolutionary graphics, grassroots revolutions, picking up steam and his plan to transform Earth into a new homeworld for the Skrulls is coming into focus as Nick Fury, Talos, and Daenerys Stormborn, as well as other supposedly world-class super spies, bumble about being pretty bad at their jobs. At this point... Even as the Disney Plus limited series raises its stakes, entering the back half of the season, Secret Invasion is failing to provide any sense of suspense, and its potential to become a standout MCU TV show continues to fade. But is there a larger problem at hand here? Are the MCU episodic streaming series failing on Kevin Feige's initial promise to be a new way of telling stories set within the beloved Marvel Cinematic Universe? The first wave of Disney Plus MCU outing set a pretty high bar, truly showcasing the franchise's ability to branch out and be something special outside of its cinematic ventures. The recent Disney Plus series for the most part, lack the creative ambition to transform into anything more than standard MCU fare, struggling to know what kind of TV shows they want to be and what kind of stories they want to tell. With that being said, Travis, is there any reason why Secret Invasion, much like Moonlight and even Moon Knight and even Marvel <laughs> before it, is there any reason this is not a movie? Because I feel like the episodic format and television budget is producing a diluted product kind of at this point? Uh, something's going on. Like I was, we looked up the budget before we started recording today and I just don't see it at all. Like, yeah, I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, it just looks so average. The and the budget on this thing is is like two hundred ten million. Yeah, around two hundred ten million, and that probably doesn't include the advertising and the campaign. No, no, yeah, what it takes to distribute or any of those things. Even though you know distribution through the streaming service is probably a lot to, you know, it's probably what like three hundred million or something 
Hollywood accounting wise. And <laughs> the the majority of that, I'd, I'd have to assume based on what we've seen so far has been spent on the talent on screen. And yeah, yeah. if you consolidated this storyline, which very much could be consolidated into like a two hour, 15 minute chunk of time, I think with that budget, I I really think we would have produced a stronger product at the end of the day, much like I, I am kind of thinking Moon Knight would have benefited from that as well as even Miss Marvel to some mm-hmm. extent. Well, Miss Marvel could benefit from the TV show format or the episodic thing if they focus more on the slice of life uh, sure. portion of her story. But with the story they told in that one, yeah, that should have been a movie. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a reason why this is being stretched out. And it just feels like a longer movie with a smaller budget with its length of time just being chopped into six or eight pieces rather than the initial wave of Disney Plus shows like like WandaVision or Loki or even hawkeye you know that original wave of mcu television for disney plus where it was very purposefully told in an episodic format which should be a home run considering the source material is kind of told that way to begin with right Mm -hmm. i uh, the thing that stands out with this for me is that i don't care about any of the characters at all like, even the ones we already know, uh, they're not doing anything in this to make me find them interesting or engaging. I don't care that, like, the uh, the more grounded plot or whatever, the, uh, the less comedic feel, mm-hmm. that doesn't have to mean boring, but that's what it's been. And it makes it feel lower stakes and mm-hmm. less epic in terms of scale like you said grounded doesn't need to be boring it also doesn't need to lack action it also doesn't need to lack intrigue Mm -hmm. considering this is a spy show i feel like we should have like giant reveals plot wise week to week and a lot of what we're hearing happened on this show Granted, it does have occasional flashbacks. They're not flashbacks to the stuff that I think would have been a more interesting show, which is why is Nick Fury acting the way he is and not 10 steps ahead every time? Like we're introduced to a Nick Fury who is off his game and the Nick Fury that we've known since like the first Iron Man has known everything and everyone and all the dirt. And now he's incapable of, of, um, he's kind of a sham. He's kind of a shim sham man. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, and they tell us in this episode, basically in this role, we're pivotal in him rising to the rank that he did. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of makes us like Nick Fury less than, and that's pretty much the only character that's pre-existing with this one other than Talos. Yes. And the Talos stuff that we're learning, like I think Mendelssohn's character almost should have been the lead of this because he's the one with the true 
confliction mm-hmm. that I can see. Like he spent his entire life with some of the people who he's going to war against. And we're just kind of told about the relationship between him and Fury at this point. Granted, we get those occasional flashbacks. So yeah. we're supposed to just, it's implied like, you know, this twist in this episode where Fury's wife is against him is this huge revelation. But we've seen all of five to 10 minutes of them like meeting and how they are now. And the post blip, like Fury getting dusted stuff and him coming back. I'm very interested in that story. Like why did Nick Fury get so scared? Is it because like he was the one who instigated all of these people coming together? So a lot of Mm -hmm. this, you know, he assembled the Avengers. So does he feel like that's his fault? Show us some of that. It would be a good showcase for Samuel L. Jackson as an actor. Um, Instead of just hearing like, you're not the man you used to be. And it's because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, is it like, can can you show me that? This show is all tell. It's no show. Yeah. Just explaining how they feel and how people are different and uh, how their whole world was destroyed. And maybe there was more to it, but we're not going to actually show you that here. Maybe though, maybe that will be something for the next episode or the one after that or, I don't know. I just know that, um, this is the longest I've went like after an MCU thing released that I actually watched it. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it today for the first time. <laughs> yeah, Saturday, and it was released uh, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday at midnight. Yeah, I was awake then. I was not watching this. Yeah, you and I used to kind of stay awake for these things because we wanted to just like shoot the next episode of Hawkeye into our fucking veins. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't go I to work. I still would if it was, like, engaging me on, like, any level. I'm going to say even Moon Knight, but I didn't care for it. I mostly watched that the night of. So do you think that it's an issue necessarily with the show, this show in particular, or do you think that it's, like, Do you feel like Marvel is feeling less special, not just because there are too many kind of intellectual property balls being juggled up in the air, but also like the quality is kind of um, like dipping backwards on top of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a uh, a system-wide issue here with Marvel's content at this point, where it's just continuing to slack and slack and slack. Uh, And the... They haven't had a severe bomb or anything mm. uh, yet that I'm aware of that I can uh, to really make them force them to re-examine things. They have the negative feedback that people are giving them, but if it's still making money and getting views, <laughs> yeah, then what's to stop them from not continuing that? It's yeah. still you know paying the bills at this point, keeping the lights on. And know. and we're hearing rumors about stuff like Echo where. That may be becoming, uh, <clears throat> may still be coming out despite a uh, lack of confidence in it because of the writer's strike. And mm-hmm. they have that ready to go, at least. That'll be content. Yeah. I hope that's not the case, but. I, I hope that's not the case either, that it's it's not just content, but we need it because something happens in that and we have confidence in Daredevil and Daredevil, yeah. you know, and it still pays into it. So we can't 
like rearrange things. It's like integral to it. It's the link between Hawkeye, She-Hulk and Daredevil and mm-hmm. that side of things that's happening, you know, but like, yeah, these recent Disney plus outings and even to an extent with the exception of like Guardians of the Galaxy and Wakanda Forever, which I really dug. Yes. yes. But, but like the MCU, especially with Disney plus are not delivering on the kind of promise that WandaVision and and like even Falcon and the Winter Soldier and that first wave that WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, that kind of promise that those established where it was it was like the level of quality from the very first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that flight scene was mostly you can imagine that being in a movie. It was the MCU on a small screen in Falcon and the Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. Loki, we understood why it was episode by episode because it really dove into character development, not only with Loki, but also with the Sylvie character. Yeah. WandaVision was a TV show about TV shows made specifically for television. And Hawkeye was like the Christmas special that we didn't know we wanted that we all deserved. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, with characters that they made us care about, kind of. But Kate Bishop, she's very likable. There's no one in here that's likable. Uh, all the first wave of Disney Plus shows were movie characters, and it truly felt like the MCU on the small screen. And they retained that big budget feel. Mm-hmm. Like Moon Knight did not retain that big budget feel at no, all. No, it had moments. And aspects that were good, but as a whole, it just wasn't wasn't there. And the majority of that was filmed pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, and was edited post-pandemic. So there was an amount of time spent on those shows mm-hmm. that the the second and third wave of Disney Plus announcements. They had the luxury of, but they just didn't do it. Like Iger left Disney at that time and they got Bob uh, Chapnick or whatever his name is. And there's all those rumors that that guy was scrambling for more Disney plus content to kind of compensate for that post pandemic uh, or the during the pandemic that like they had no revenue stream at that time. Um, In that second wave, it was Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Secret Invasion, plus two special presentations that were announced. And these are the first Disney Plus series to star new characters, right? Mm -hmm. None of those characters, with the exception of like Nick Fury, had been introduced in a film or a team-up or anything along those lines, as opposed to everything in the first wave was that a mistake? Like a TV seems like a place where you would have more time to learn, to love those characters. But with the exception of she Hulk in that lot of mm-hmm. second wave stuff, all of those installments, moon Knight to extend Miss Marvel and secret innovation so far felt like they, they feel like a movie just chopped into eight parts. <laughs> In a lot of ways, yeah. I uh, they would have benefited, like you were saying earlier, as movies, most likely, uh, from the increased budget, the uh, the trimming down the fat. Movies <laughs> or, or time, or yeah. time. Like we 
received more content in terms of hours of programming in phase four alone than we had phases one through three combined, mm -hmm. right? And everything announced in the third wave of the Disney Plus shows, that's like a bunch of animated shit, Echo, Daredevil, and Agatha, that's all spinoff material from existing Disney Plus series where we're not introducing new characters like Wave 2 or mm -hmm. reintroducing characters from the movies like Wave 1. And that all seems like super reactionary. Like just we don't want to figure out something new and we don't want to tie into the movies. We just want to kind of like it feels like the six man or like the bench, like kind of coming up, but like, which could be interesting and fun. That could be like, let's test run some C and D level characters, even some B level characters. Yeah. But they're just cranking it out. They were cranking it out up until that point without this fucking time being spent on it. And like, there's a reason we've been enjoying the delays we've heard. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, I'm hoping it leads to better quality, but, with the the writer strike going on and everything, I don't. Who knows? Do you think that the writer strike? Because like the the seams from the rush production throughout the the wave two, mm -hmm. three announcements are are really starting to show. Like She Hulk was a show I really liked, but that needed yes. a bigger budget, right? Yes. Um, Miss Marvel was a show that I really liked, but that needed a bigger budget. And if they were going to do an episodic format, I think a freak of the week monster at the end of every, every episode and a lot of like family teenage drama would have worked better than the story that they told about the clandestine. Um, yes, yes, that was well, they're, they're telling it again, they're getting a second chance at it with the clandestine with the scroll. <laughs> Uh, a third chance, a third chance. Yes, um, yes, because the Fight Smashers were also the same characters, and uh, history has told us that all of those had disappointing endings. I'm sure this will be the exception, though, right? Uh, yeah. We uh, know yeah. it's not going to have a surprise ending, considering that we've seen Nick Fury in the Marvel's trailer. The world exists in the Marvel's trailer, so we know mm -hmm. World War Three hasn't happened. And there's an Armor Wars movie announced, so all this Rhodey is a scroll. Oh my God, is Rhodey dead? No, he's not dead. We're getting an Armor Wars movie starring Don yes. Cheadle. Yes. Um, Maybe they do win, and they just like toss playing as the, <laughs> the people they killed. It's all. Oh um, my God! Imagine yeah. the rest of Phase Five is just like fake scrolls, and every once yeah. in a while they turn around. <laughs> Kang was a scroll the whole time. Yeah. That's how they get Jonathan Majors out of there. Oh well. They recast him with Ezra Miller in a uh in a spirit. They their, team up, their super villain team up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's like an episode of Cops for some reason. It's oh yeah, like end of watch, like that Jake Gyllenhaal uh yeah, yeah, yeah where they're just like, yeah, yeah, no. I really hope that doesn't happen. And sometimes we will terrible things into existence on this podcast. So let's uh, let's scrub the bad juju out of there. Mm. But you mentioned the writer's strike and, you know, the, the COVID delays and, and the lack of revenue that came in for Disney and all these studios during COVID led to the situation really that we're in now 
where the rush productions, the mm-hmm. we want more content than quality factor is really, really shining through. Is is this is history doomed to repeat itself, like you said, with this writer yeah. strike now? It seems kind of like it, unfortunately. I mean, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a show that I like, but but that one there was clearly an episode that is missing somewhere. Yeah, Whether it was just wasn't filmed or <laughs> wasn't was produced at all, or yeah. was taken out because there was like a plot line about a global pandemic. It sounded too expensive or something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they yeah. Like- dubbed out the word vaccine a couple times in that where like there were like contaminated vaccines that was like a plot line in that that like was cut out oh yeah 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 i'm terribly worried about history repeating itself now with the writer's strike because as nice as it would be where you know they just we just don't have a marvel movie for a little while except for the stuff that's already in the can they put that out and they pace how they're going to put that out to allow for the 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 screenwriters guild to to mm-hmm. be granted their their rights within the union and then you know we just have a little bit of a delay on blade and armor wars or whatever the fuck you know what i mean like <laughs> because uh, they're about to hit some heavy hitters and do we have another sequel coming within this next phase for existing characters yeah well i want them to get their shit back together and start racing quality content again before uh secret wars and definitely before the fantastic four and stuff like that they've had yeah they can't afford to put out another bad fantastic four movie with their record yeah absolutely don't start yeah, they're doing the same thing. Fantastic Four just aren't capable of being interesting, and that's not the case. No, you just have to actually worry about the quality and put some time in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, some time and energy, as opposed to just being a studio that's stretched too thin, and they'll take a half a billion dollar box office revenue over uh, the suffering of their stories and their characters, <laughs> and ultimately their fucking brand, you know? Yes. Um, and it's also strange. Like I do love the big announcements, you know, like, well, of they, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they get us all excited, but we used to get those announcements where it was like the whole phase would kind of get announced. Now we have like the entire saga and like 10 years of shit being announced mm-hmm. where they're not allowing for things to click with an audience and then hope to, kinda, like, to move from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like Shang-Chi was the only, solo character to get his own cinematic outing within phase four and he yet to has a have a sequel announced we just have rumors that a sequel will be occurring after Mm. secret wars but secret wars is like six years away so we're gonna wait like eight years for a shang chi sequel which seems like a lot of time right and they don't seem to be putting any thought into why they're putting something on television as opposed to in cinemas where like by this new Disney plus logic, Shang-Chi would have been a TV show, right? Like, yeah, 
like Moon Knight. Like Shang Chi and Moon Knight are just as big a gambles as one if another. If there wasn't a big fucking dragon, you could have done Shang Chi on a TV thing, and that'd be a an all right way. But like, you almost shouldn't. Like, you should have done. Like, you should have done the Eternals as yeah. a television show. Like, take the weirder longer oh, yeah, complicated yeah. stuff and do that on television so as you explain a, it more and yeah yeah and build it out and make us care about these fucking characters it's really easy to learn to love a character within two two and a half hours like yeah yeah we're giving I, them like fun interpersonal moments is one of the things that uh it's a good marvel product to do like i was watching reactions to age of Ultron today and the uh the hot guy startup which uh scene where he gives her the pep talks. Yeah. When was the last time they had a good pep talk in one of these Marvel movies, China? Uh the hot guy TV show, man. That's still like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it isn't super far back, but it is kinda there's nothing fucking in this show like it. No, no. And there should be, right? Just something like the closest we get is Olivia Coleman in this show seems to be enjoying herself. And she has a somewhat fun interaction with Nick Fury, but it's not the same. I like Olivia Coleman, but there's there's nothing they can do with her that's going to make me want an Olivia Coleman show. <laughs> She's a fun support. Uh, that is very true, man. Like, she is having a blast doing this. I don't know if it's because, like, she hasn't had the opportunity to do this you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't know like, i was looking through imdb i didn't see anything that looked too actiony like hot pods was the the closest thing and that mm-hmm. she's just a support character there uh, she's probably on an episode or two of doctor who like every british character actor ever was you know you what would I mean? think you would, yeah, think, you would yeah. think you would think this show should feel like a sequel to the winter soldier, but it barely feels like it's in the same fucking universe. Man. It has the title cards. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, uh, winter soldier actually had some humor and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, the right amount. Uh, like figuring out and overturning a nasty secret society's global terrorist operation is something that Marvel has been capable of doing in the movies a whole bunch of fucking times. Like (laughs) they did it in black widow to mix results, but they still fucking did it. They did it in they did it in the winter soldier. Like, yeah, well, I would say that overturning the, uh, the secret society isn't the important thing. It's the, uh, the friendships you make along the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that movie. It has big flaws. Because of the uh, the character stuff. That's what I like about that movie. That makes it fun to go back to. The action has dodgy CGI at times. I don't like what they did with certain characters. But I would still easily rewatch that over this. This has moments where we should get that Marvel feeling with the characters just in rooms having conversations. Mm-hmm. Those are the scenes... Sometimes it doesn't feel like they're in the same room, though. <laughs> <laughs> or having the same conversation in the last episode on that train. Yeah, or even the um, the scene at the pub in this episode where he's, like, having breakfast with uh, mm-hmm. Talos and Nick Fury. Like, I don't know if they were in the same room at all, but... 
Marvel always separated itself movie wise by having these characters that you latched onto and believed in the relationships between them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, had we ever seen Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff together on screen before the first Avengers movie? No, no, we had not. And the second they were on screen, you kind of figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. And then by like the fourth time they're on screen together, you are genuinely fucking concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Why am I not feeling that with Talos and fucking Nick Fury in this show? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. That dinner table scene in Black Widow where they sit down as a family is the highlight of that fucking movie. It's not the dodgy <laughs> fucking G.I. Joe. None of the Taskmaster fights. It's, it's, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The it's bit seen- where Bart's get sad because the others don't view their family as an actual family. And mm-hmm. it's the part that's good. I actually uh, kind of hot off the presses. I just got a text message uh, from a buddy. Shout out Fred, uh, my, oh, my yeah. friend, not just my work <laughs> friend. I know he listens. <laughs> he gets kind of bummed. My actual friend, not just my work yes, friend. Yes, yes. Uh, he... Um, sent me a link about why Oppenheimer is rated R because it features prolonged nudity by both Florence Pugh and Killian Murphy. Another reason to get excited about the new Christopher Nolan movie, you know? <laughs> so, indeed. Indeed. Uh. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, Denny Villeneuve. You got fucking Florence Pugh and Zendaya. I'm going to get them naked uh, <laughs> with the guy from Peaky Blinders, you know? I mean, you put the guy in Peaky Blinders in a cool little hat, like one of those little cabbie hats. And yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm in, like, no matter what. You know what I mean? Um, you mentioned about how it feels like the characters, like, might not even be in the same room and kind of the small scale, like I was talking about. Yeah. Um, I found out today a lot of this show is not only shot on small sets, which we could imagine, but uh, a good amount of it is shot using the volume technology, which disney started implementing for shows like the mandalorian and it's basically like an entire uh domed almost like planetarium room uh where they use rear projection techniques and they display a set on these led screens in a 360 degree environment to allow people to um it allows lighting to be real and, yeah. and environments um at a smaller um fraction of the cost than filming actually on set but good quality lighting that's like a huge problem with doing things on green screens if you're not like james cameron you know what i mean (laughs) um and you know that's a problem we saw because the volume wasn't used in black widow and there's kind of that funny shot where like florence Pugh gets like in an explosion and her face is like lit so poorly but there's fire everywhere and it's Mm -hmm. like where are those shadows coming from you know um that doesn't happen with the volume but finding that out prior to watching this episode for the first time kind of upset me uh one because i started thinking about like the action piece in russia and that first and the beginning of the second episode and i started thinking oh they're not even like in a different country they're just like on Mm -hmm. some lot in atlanta and they have this going on uh two knowing that marvel cheaped out with animators and used a lot of artificial intelligence for the introduction um of the show 
a hard to skip intro I found today. If you watching, it didn't give me the option, and the buttons on my Roku did not want to work. I don't. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy or anything. I just know I wanted to skip this thing. They want you to get used to those like janky half hands and like, yeah, like yeah, third yeah. eyes and things like that. You know. There's a weird bot in the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, like kind of spamming <laughs> up CGI uh, with AI art. And like, I was, saw that. Yeah. You saw my conversation with the gentleman? Yes. Yes. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk offline about blocking him. But um, it's very because <laughs> it, if it was like anything other than like some guy going in to chat GPT and writing like, Marvel as horny anime characters eating hot dogs on the 4th of July and like posting it in our group. Like I might let him get away with it, but it's like, I, I can't let this madness stand for that much longer if he keeps on doing it. But um, knowing that they skipped out and, and used some artificial intelligence, I, I am worried that they use some AI features in, I don't know, like unreal engine or whatever they're using for the, the backgrounds um, where I'm, I'd imagine a really quick computer rendering of Russia isn't like the hardest thing to do yeah. with artificial intelligence. And I'm nervous about that. I was and, thinking of that uh, neon diner. That's the other stuff. Every time I do see a set that I kind of like the neon diner, the, mm -hmm. uh, the really stupid bank vault where she goes to the safety deposit box <laughs> at the end of this episode. Treasure possession. Single pistol in a manila envelope. Um, her, like, her friend Chekhov gave it to her. It's, <laughs> it's very special to her. Uh, Hopefully she'll just end this madness next week. Commits a suicide by the yeah, end. Yeah, suicide uh, by... Roll by, credits. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm nervous that like none of that's real. Like none of this is real. And it's just, yeah. it's just shoddy filmmaking. You know what I mean? I'm of two minds about the volume being used. I... I don't like this being used on a show like this that's set on Earth. For sci-fi stuff, I I understand why you want to use it, and I understand the importance of using it so you can get better at using it, so they can do more ambitious things with it down the line. Yes. But, yeah, now hearing that it was being used for this show is fucking baffling. It's baffling, and I, I one, I'm kind of with you where I, I see the implementation of it for certain areas. Um mm -hmm sci-fi environments i agree but i also like don't like they're making a new tron movie and i'm nervous that disney's gonna oh, want yeah. to yeah, technology yeah. as opposed to you know the actual artistry that went into making the first two tron mm. movies which is like insane it should um, be a situational thing should be for unsafe working conditions like for people who are not tom cruise and you want to get a good shot of somebody fucking jumping out of something crazy um the volume might be great right and um it's it's as old as cinema itself rear projection technology really yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like that's how they filmed people driving in cars since like the 1910s <laughs> you know yeah you know um but it it does make me nervous where it's like how can we use this economically to get something done cheaper and efficient but not great you know mm-hmm it feels just like a lot of working man efficiency as opposed to I'm not looking for a tourism in this shit. You know what I mean? Just want to be entertained for an hour a week. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I want to have something to like look forward to next week. And that's like the beauty of the week by week release schedule. Like we had so much fun during WandaVision and, and the Isaiah Bradley stuff and Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier and Loki. Just like speculating we, about things. There's nothing to speculate on here, really. Yeah. Do you think Nick Fury's going to die? <laughs> Do you think the world's going to end and everyone's going to be a scroll? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I suspect not. I yeah. Suspect not. And I want to give Marvel the benefit of a doubt, but they've. They flubbed landings far more than they've succeeded um, with a lot of these Disney Plus programs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the other... Like, Hawkeye had a good ending, right? Yes, it did. It, one of the better ones. Uh, WandaVisions was acceptable. Uh, it was lame in some ways, but it at least had strong character stuff in its finale, Yep. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier needed another episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get to pay off to certain elements with uh, with the Winter Soldier's character there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Miss Marvel's kind of sucked with the clandestine. Yeah, <laughs> the problem there, I think, was adapting to clandestine at all. And yeah, yeah, that was being cheated out of a giant parakeet named Thomas Edison. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been so much more satisfying, even if it like wasn't as good in live action as mm-hmm. <laughs> they were really shooting for the moon on that one. Uh, yeah, they get uh, like Tom Savini and Screaming Mad George to to do the oh, yeah, 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 a really scary practical effects one. Yeah, 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 with like a vagina and its fucking beak, <laughs> or like a talking butthole or whatever. Mm-hmm. Brian uses fucking Miss Marvel. You oh, know? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stuart Gordon's Miss Marvel. Um, Night where they uh fucking Kaiju fight. Well yes, that part was okay, but I was going to mention the uh the bit where they have uh the character have a secret personality that does the actual conclusion of the uh, episode. Mm. <laughs> they just skip right over it. it it's yep. just he blacks out and yep. yeah, what a choice you- that was. With no plans on continuing the story as well with Moon Knight. Like, wouldn't it have been cool to, like, not have so much announced? And maybe the demand for what's up with Mark Spector's, like, assassin Mexican personality and people clamoring for that and maybe give us a special or something as opposed to being like, well, we've already allotted our budget and our schedule for the next 10 years and... It would just be too much to change it at this time, you know? I will give them credit for Werewolf by Night. I had kind of forgotten about that. Yeah. special. That was a fun one. Yeah, well, that's that's a different, that's a horse of a different color, yeah. I feel, because it's... It's like a mini-movie. It's not like a TV movie. That's the real testing ground. That's how you, like, really test, is this going to work? Like, can we do something that's a gamble and make mm-hmm. it work? Like, can we make a fake universal monster movie and set it in the Marvel cinematic universe. Like mm-hmm. apparently you can like, yeah, yeah, it works. And man thing was good. You know, he did. He was a practical creature. That was, mm-hmm. yeah, a good decision. Yeah. And maybe we would have been clamoring if for he was, that Elsa Bloodstone movie, you know, <laughs> if he was hanging out with a fucking uh, Edison cockatiel, that was also uh, a practical effect. I, they would have all of my money. 
Yeah. Yeah. Stuart Gordon's Midnight Suns. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of, uh, I don't want to say janky, but just bizarre yeah. fucking uh, creatures. Yes. Yeah, creature yeah. feature. Yeah. 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 There's a superhero team. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. But like now, we're back to time fighting Nazis or something. It's, oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. have dumb, uh, dumb, dumb Duggan as the leader of that group. I'm imagining them as the invaders. Just, mm. <laughs> since Captain America is unavailable, it's just these fucking monstrosities. Yeah, that would be fun. They could fight like uh, Dracula Nazis or something like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dracula's yeah, not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. One way to bring back fucking uh, Hydra in some ways, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know, man. It's all bumming me the fuck out. <laughs> what do you can, think of? Uh, hmm? Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, I, I was going to say to not have something fun, Marvel. To, <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. we're doing each week is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it absolutely is, and to kind of. Uh, delegitimize the brands as well where now like you know when i went into guardians like we we did our guardians podcast which was like a ton of fun and now that it's out on uh streaming if you haven't listened to it and you've made it this far into travis and i bashing fucking marvel <laughs> like go back and listen to our thoughts on the guardians of the galaxy volume We're not always negative, but it's, yeah. oh, it's still out there we still got that love and feeling when it deserves to be there and you know i plan <laughs> on revisiting guardians of the galaxy volume three now that's back on streaming but i must like, watch it today Mm-hmm. I watched a clip of it today. I watched a bit of it today. The fight. The, uh, yeah. 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 I, I like kind of just skimmed through it. Cause there's a lot of really rewatchable stuff in there. And I watched the, um, where the animal friends died and you know what I'm saying? Like, cause that <laughs> yeah. shit was cool, man. Like it's well done. Like I'm caring about janky CGI creatures getting shot. I was like, wow, it's amazing that this accomplished that. But when you and I went into guardians three, we both thought, what if this sucks? Like we just got out of Ant-Man and the Wasp and Thor Love and Thunder and yeah. the shows haven't been so hot. And we're like, what if this isn't good? Like I'm going into Marvel movies like prepared. So like borderline not confident. You know what I mean? And almost like superhero films in general, you know? Yeah, it's almost like a uh, a pre-Iron Man level of who knows if this is going to be good whenever they announce a new superhero movie. Yeah. Is this going to be Black Atom or is this going, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like we, we really don't know at this point. Um, one thing this show was Secret Invasion. The the gentleman playing Gravik, the main yes. villain. Yeah. Yes. I, I like him, but he's not really given anything too high stakes for me to like give a fuck about. And and it kind of bums me out because I know like this guy's plot is going to be thoughted. Is that the word? And then like, right. Thoughted. Yes. That's a weird word. I don't know why I thought of that, but yeah, this guy's plot's going to be taken down and he's going to be one and done. Mm -hmm. So, even though I like it's like the same with Nick Fury where I'm like, why <laughs> am I nervous about Nick Fury when I know he's going to be popping up so soon? And like, 
I don't feel like Marvel has the balls to make Nick Fury a scroll in the Marvels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I expect right on that. Right? And, you're gonna have to fucking pay Samuel L. Jackson regardless of what he wants. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and knowing the budget to this, I'm curious how much of it was allotted to again the the star power because I'm yes. sure Samuel L. Jackson isn't cheap and Mendelssohn's not cheap. Olivia Coleman wins Oscars. They got Daenerys Storborn for some reason. Probably going to save some. <laughs> yeah, probably could have saved some money. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. They should have gotten Aiza Gonzalez. She's, uh, I just think she's hot, you know, and like, uh, <laughs> the girl from fucking, uh, Baby Driver. And, uh, you I know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have gotten her. She's like, uh, sluttier Anna de Armos. Like, when Anna de Armos doesn't ah. pick up the phone, you just hire her. But big ups to Aiza Gonzalez. But, um, like Gravik is talking to the Scroll Council, talking to Shooter McGavin, who's in this for some reason, about like Tucker Collier or something. Yeah, yeah, playing Alex fucking Jones, yelling about Kanye on Fox News yeah. or some shit. Um, and and there's this mission that involves infiltrating a submarine and authorizing a, a nuclear launch to blow up the United Nations plane carrying all these people from the UN and he's doing this in a laboratory and he's like we know the heroes of earth are going to respond so we've got this machine and we're going to make an army of super scrolls he even says the word super yes. scroll it's implied they- they even say these uh these three candidates names and everything. It's not the same ones as the uh, the comics. So, uh, I don't know if they're saving certain ones for the Fantastic Four or whatever. But you would, I don't know. I don't yeah. think it really matters though. But yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I have to Google the Super Scrolls name, even though I kind of like the character when he's right. We know his name is Clert now. We know it's yes. Clert. Yes. Clert yes. and the power scroll is Pybok. Pybok, yes. Very fun name. Yes, yes. Uh, These guys' names are Pagan, Beto, and Zerksu. Um But I should be very excited about a Super Scroll. You should be very excited about Super Scrolls. We love Super Scrolls here at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast. Drive they should have been in episode two. They're going to... This is going to be at the end of episode four is when we're going to actually see them probably. Yeah, yeah. I uh, um I've been um fucking around with friend of the podcast, Brandon, um mm-hmm. with like a podcast idea where we talk about like uh degenerate shit, basically. Yeah. Like, to movies, right? We've been <laughs> doing these little podcast pilots and stuff and I was like, I'm doing a podcast with Travis later about secret invasion. And I wrote like insert sound of me pulling a gun and blowing my brain out. <laughs> and he's like, why do you do this? If you don't like it? I was like, cause Travis and I are kind of the world's leading experts on a lot of these things. Like it's like, it's like fucked up, but like, whatever it's good. It's great. Right. Yeah. 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 And we're, and it's we're not we're, always as bad. It's just, no, and we're overqualified for the job, and we we genuinely like adore Super Scrolls and shit. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I have the first Super Scroll Fantastic Four issue like hanging on my wall back there. You very know nice, what I mean? Very nice. Very yeah. nice. You know, I got a little collection of old readable condition Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I cherish the Lee Kirby Fantastic Four with all my heart. And um, 
I just hear it and I get nervous again about the integrity of the brand and the integrity of these payoffs and the recent history along with my bias of what it should be. And I'm just like nervous that the Super Scroll is not going to deliver, man. Yeah, yeah. In terms of CGI or just all around. <laughs> is this the only time we're ever going to see a Super Scroll? Oh, sure. They're not going to wipe out the entire scroll race. Yeah, but what if like they wipe out all the bad ones and they're like, you know, like like it becomes like a war crime. Like we can't use mustard <laughs> gas because Hitler ruined it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, no, I think we'll see him again at some point if we see Sirota again. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I nervous about it, and also like I just the, hope it looks good and there, yeah. there's a fair amount of it to to justify this. Fucking two hundred million budget that I'm not saying thus far. The action that they've shown us is a uh, decent, it, but it's always so brief. Mm-hmm. The meat locker fight with Gravik was the best action that we've seen so far, mm-hmm. and all of the CGI has been like I, I joked before. It looks like a PowerPoint, like more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. It's baffling sometimes. Yeah, like when they decide to use the uh, their powers and things like that. There's a, a point where Thanos' cover gets blown uh, mm-hmm. because someone spots him, and he's he's literally a shapeshifter. He, the guy that he knocked out, he could have just assumed his form and kept going. Could have turned into like a squirrel and, yeah. and and eaten the guy. You know what I mean? Like a like a giant like bird and just been like caw and like fly away, you know? Yeah, yeah. Fucking weird. Or a cow, right? Skulls turn into cows, right? They can. In the comics at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tricked into yeah. living their lives as fucking cows. Yeah. Yeah. We still haven't seen Bova. They keep teasing us <laughs> with the Bova, the anthropomorphic cow. Um when I was trying to explain the high evolutionary to a uh eight-year-old mm-hmm. recently uh my big you know and there's this character named bova and i was telling them all about him and i actually went to see guardians of the galaxy volume three with this little kid and he's like i was like what do you think he's like high evolutionary was good but I, w- I was really hoping for for the cow lady and like apparently this kid like went home and like <laughs> looked it up and his dad's like yeah all he could talk about is this fucking cow lady because of you i'm like good good you know way to like teach them about animal man you know what i mean like <laughs> kid's gonna be all about buddy baker and the avatar of the red someday you know you know, wait till he's like 12 for that you know now introduce him to the parliament of trees but um so like in the comics the super scrolls were uh genetically modified um almost like mercenary group of the scroll army that because the scrolls couldn't replicate the power sets of these superpowered individuals and these mutated individuals on earth. So they, they went through this transformation process in the comics. I think it was like a religious thing, right? I, I don't know the original cause. I want to, I thought it had to do with fantastic four specifically where they, it, it was, it, yeah. 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 Originally it was like, it was so they could replicate the fantastic fours powers, but yeah, it was like some sort of like artifacts from their home world and blah, 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 blah. But they replicated the powers of the Fantastic Four specifically. So there was like a 
you know, a flying fucking torch one and like an invisible one and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the main Super Scroll has the powers of all of them. Uh, yes, the main yeah. Super Scroll has the ability to replicate to any of the Super Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can see him in combat. He has like one fire hand, one uh, rock hand, rock hand mm-hmm. a above him. Yeah. 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 Stretchy uh, legs. Yeah. Um, don't know why you would need to be invisible when you're also on fire. Visibly, it's well, you can uh, people force bubbles also. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. You forget about the yeah. force bubbles with Sue Storm, where that's a pretty fucking cool ability. You know, what I mean? probably really, really OP. Yeah, Sue yeah. Storm is so OP. Like she could have like made a force bubble go up Thanos's butt and then just made it really big. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like she can kind of do what Ant Man does, but like still be a human um you know she get real tiny real big um but then in this like we saw them fucking with dna to make the super scroll and it's like call obsidian you know part of the black order the big guy Mm -hmm. um who else was it? It was Extremis from Iron Man 3 it was it was a random Thor creature from uh I want to say the end credit scene of for the dark world, frost beast, correct? yes, yes, uh, and Groot. That's Groot, yeah, that's the horse one. So, are we to assume that it's like the Super Scroll is not going to be able to see Carol Danvers and then like have Carol's powers, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be limited by what they have access to the DNA for. I think. Yeah, so we're gonna have. Fake Ben Grimm, right? With the Call Obsidian thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, big Groot esque. Uh, mm-hmm. Fake stretchy powers with the Groot thing, mm-hmm. right? That is one of the ones that we saw in the trailer. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So little roots coming out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, fake Johnny Storm with the fire hands and Extremis. Yeah, was whenever the person gets stabbed in the hand in this episode, is that what they were using to regenerate her? I, I was is. thinking of it just as being a, uh, a normal scroll ability. <laughs> no, no, that was the extremist. Yeah. It's implied that Gravik has already tested this on himself. Okay. okay. Um, and then the frost giant, the frost beast, I guess is blue, right? So we're to assume at least it will like aesthetically look like Sue storm, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe give it some, um, uh, like crystalline ice powers or something. Ooh, yeah. a little Bobby Drake style. Yeah. Um, so, like, why didn't they just wait to do Super Scroll? <laughs> because they had already had Secret Invasion. Mm, that's why, right? Yeah. So, why are they doing Secret Invasion? Because <laughs> they like announced it. Yeah. Because yeah. they felt like it. And, Nick uh, Fury and Samuel and- Jackson was on, you know was able it wasn't because they had a real fresh approach for how they could do it and make it engaging yeah and i get that like you back think into things right yeah. like you co- comic book logic your way into like how you're going to well yes yes but know? surely whenever they were reading it and everything <laughs> at a certain point before you start filming you have to have an idea for whether it's going to be fucking terrible or not yeah yeah or or if it's the right time to do it or not right yeah yeah it's fucking weird man you know what else is weird um the flashback kind of like showing 
the stuff that's not very interesting to me, at least where uh, we saw, I, I guess I did like the little flashback bit where it's like how Captain Marvel, like the events of Captain Marvel just like didn't work. Like when she went off and like did her space Moses thing and like yeah. Fury was like, you can live here and I'll, I'll still help you. It's like why they're still here. Right. Mm -hmm. That flashback made sense. I really want to see the flashback like post blip that shows why fury is acting like such a beta cuck in this damn thing yes you need the ptsd from this event that they keep telling us he had mm -hmm. uh and we didn't see because the last time we saw him was in far from home and he seemed to be just on vacation relaxing yeah and i guess it didn't seem like a traumatic <laughs> vacation or anything no, he seemed to be relaxing. He didn't seem to be, like, missing his wife, right? No, no. Like, the Clint Barton being married thing worked. Yeah. <laughs> like, it worked really well, and, like, you could imagine all of that. And I know in the comic books, Nick Fury did have a wife uh, named Priscilla, and mm -hmm. that was, um, you know, that, that was later put into play, and you find out Fury had this, you know, the secret life that people didn't know about. And, you know, Fury set Clint Barton up with that secret life. We found that yes. out uh, in Age of Ultron. Um, last week, episode two ended with the reveal that Fury's wife exists and she's also a scroll. And we thought for like two seconds, does he know she's a scroll or not? And then I well, thought, yes, only like, because of there being a uh, rumor about a heartbreaking reveal or. Some off-the-cup off statement that some actor probably said, and now we're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it could have been a couple things that, like, I didn't feel emotionally in this mm. episode. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we get this flashback to uh, 1998, uh, where Nick Fury meets his his wife at, like, this uh, this diner. Did you catch the little Black Widow Easter egg here? Oh, uh, the... The initial put great jobs men on their heels or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, yeah. A, what a fun cameo, or not cameo, but Easter egg. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I don't care. No, Draco <laughs> great job was not one of the good things about that movie. I like that actor, but that wasn't like nothing. Mustache twirling. <laughs> yeah, I like that uh, actor too. He was in uh, Sexy Beast. That um, oh, what's the name of that director? Um, Jonathan Glazer. Yeah. You know that guy has a movie coming out um, this year, Jonathan Glazer? I did. I don't recall the name of it now, though. Yeah, I forget the name of it. It premiered at Con, and everyone is, like, totally freaking out about it. He hasn't had a film since Under the Skin. And yes, um, yes. this new one is, like, supposed to be, like, a psychological horror movie about the family of the lead commandant of like Auschwitz, like trying to live a normal life while their father goes off to work to like murder people every day. Yes. Yes. It sounds insane. That sounds insane. Yeah. 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 I would say maybe based on a true story or. I think it's based on a book. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember hearing this movie was coming out and then reading up a little bit. Of, my memory's just the shits. Yeah, I'm shot too. Yeah. yeah. I'm totally shot. But um, how. What do you think of this romance? Like, 
Is it? Does, did you get it? Are we talking about Catalyst and, and Nick Fury, or are we talking about him and his wife? <laughs> That's the other thing. This Talos Nick Fury romance, I could get behind, and I see. Like they the just way they played into it more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Nick Fury's wife, Dagger Spider, does her best. Mm-hmm. Was not much really there. Um, she's working as like a uh, working for graphic. <laughs> Well, yeah, like the the yeah, initial, very good liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The initial uh, the initial encounter in the flashback, we mm-hmm. find out that she's like one of Fury's like inside Shield scrolls, yes, right? Yes. Like as he's working his way to the top of Shield, and then after that flashback, it's back to like Fury at his secret house, and he's cooking cooking eggs for his wife Priscilla, and she comments on uh. Like, are they hard boiled or are they supposed to be runny? Um, and then he huffed a bunch of glue and beat her to death. Like, uh, <laughs> listened up on our White Lightning episode. Yes, the, epi- yeah. the one still that up. no one listened. Yeah, it's still it is up. the weirdest crossover event we're having on this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very bizarre that they're. I, I could have never guessed it. Our, our fucking episode about a, a white crash nightmare with Italian just secret invasion so well. Yeah. I love that white lightning episode so much because, excuse me, white lightning, Um, not to be confused with the other white lightning or white lightning, Um, but (laughs) that has to be like our least tuned into episode, but it's the most fun we ever had like talking on something because that was so bizarre. Like, yes, yes, such a strange play. I was so taken back by it. I had never seen it. And then finding out about Woodrow White or whatever his name is. Jer- <laughs> just go white. Just go yes, white. Yes. Yeah. Just brought me down this big rabbit hole before I even started it. And then I started and I was like, okay, it's a weird biopic. And then it turns into like a nightmare, like Jesus allegory. And I was like, this guy's still alive. How did this movie exist? Like, yes. Uh, how did they end the movie this way? <laughs> yeah, he like crucifies himself and cuts his tongue out. You yeah, know, like, he amputates several limbs and cuts his tongue out. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. And Carrie Fisher gets <laughs> naked in it, and uh, it's only thirty years or so too late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not the Carrie Fisher in her prime that yeah. we're all thinking about. Um, yeah. But Fury's kind of suspicious of his wife because she's pissed at him, like kind of ragging on him for leaving her. He's like, she's like, I get how you left me when you were working. Like you were out saving the world. Yeah, yeah. I get how you disappeared during the snap. And I grieved. But then you came back and you never said what's up. And now you're here. It's like, what happened in that that five year gap? Like, wh- where wh- what happened there? Like, what caused him not to want to go home? Like, why was he so freaked out? Start showing me and stop telling me that it's the reason these, why Nick Fury's acting this way. These are his missing years, much like Jesus, Nicholas J. Fury. <laughs> Do you think uh, Martin Scorsese will make the last temptation of Nick Fury as a film? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. He's like, you know, it's not cinema, but I found a way. This you know? should be my last one. 
<laughs> yes, that would be as he dies on the set. He gets struck by lightning. <laughs> um, she gets like a phone call that's so obviously shady. Yeah, yeah, and then she starts acting nice to him immediately after. She's a terrible liar. You think that a stroll would be more duplicitous? Everyone is such a terrible liar on the show, including the people who are job in general. Yeah. 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 You are a professional liar for a living, sir, ma'am. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, it's it's so bizarre. And you see Nick Fury like looking at the phone, like, I wish I could just read her text messages. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he like checks her Instagram messages you know what i mean to see who slid into him you know mm-hmm. um what if she's fucking ben mendelson what if that's the big twist oh uh, yeah i don't know i don't know i don't believe ben mendelson like likes ladies in this i think he likes nick fury it's like the vibe i get whenever <laughs> they're talking it's just yeah. like shut up and kiss him you know what i mean like it would have been more compelling than any of this shit um did you know that? Yeah. Did you know the facility in Russia or wherever the fuck it is, the generic Eastern European like revolutionary compound that all the scrolls hang out at, is called New Scrollos? You were telling me that before we went on. Yeah, I uh, I did not. I did not. Yeah, I I did not either until I read about it today. Um, but back in New Scrollos, Gravik suspects a traitor within his ranks, and I wonder who that could be. Um. Because some police had found their safe house after they went to pick up the guy from the torture meat locker. Mm-hmm. Um, so he interrogates Daenerys Stormborn and she just looks so dead eyed constantly. Like she does that doe like dead stare the yeah. entire time, right? I I I don't like this woman as an actress, and I know I feel bad because like um like uh like the fandom nerdy oh yeah 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 they, they, they love to like masturbate to this lady right like they they love her like so much but i was always a cersei guy you know That's like fair. I, yeah. yeah yeah i need someone to tell me i'm a bad boy <laughs> <laughs> um maybe she, the shame walk at the uh that season of game of thrones except it's just the roles are reversed and it's just her Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's it's her just making me walk around the house, you know, when I well, she pumps you with vegetables or whatever. Yeah, make my coffee and it's just like her laughing at my tiny wiener. Um <laughs> Oh man. Um Yeah, I I'm I it's so fucking bad. Like the the uh they're like, I, I swear it wasn't me. It must have been Brogan. They kept using the word Brogan. <laughs> yeah, the Irish scroll that we have on our, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Joe Brogan, the podcaster. <laughs> the, podcast <scroll. laughs> uh, the UFC commentator turned conspiracy theorist podcaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they then go to London for a meetup with Talos, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess um, I don't know. Did Daenerys set up this meeting? I I kind of lost how this meeting got set up. Yeah, I guess she's 
working both sides of the the camp here, I guess. Yeah. And they're like at this like fancy uh art museum and you know, I like the guy playing Gravik, but some of this shit is just generic bad guy stuff where he's like, This painting is called the heirs of World War One, and there are fighters and there are bureaucrats, and I'm a fighter and I got blood on my hands and Yeah, yeah. It, uh not his fault, not that his fault at all, but there's just nothing there. Yeah. yeah. I would probably be able to get more on board for it if we hadn't seen how they handled uh, the fucking Pride Smashers. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's the same plot line, basically. And you know it's not going to last. Like, no. there's no way that Miss, the, I keep calling it Miss Marvel, that the Marvel starts and, like, the majority of the world is scrolls in disguise. Like, there's no way that that starts like that, right? No. no. And we know, like, Thunderbolt Ross and, like, the bad guys for... What's the new uh, Brave New World? Captain America, Brave New World. <laughs> we know, like, that it's not going to be scrolls, this new Captain America movie, right? No, it is not. It is not. We know it's going to be Samuel Stearns, the leader. Yeah, that's he's also green, but not a scroll. Yeah, not a scroll. And Thunderbolt Ross, who's red, but associated with <laughs> a bunch of green guys. Um, <laughs> um, so, like, we know that the next like politically driven Marvel movie, thriller is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be that. And we know like the next movie involves Nick Fury being alive and the world being at like relative <laughs> peace. So mm-hmm. graphics not going to win. And we all know that. And it's just a whole bunch of nothing. And I guess like during the conversation, Talos gets like a phone call from Gaia with like the information about um whatever's going on with this submarine bombing, right? Yeah. And they had this kind of good scene where or conversation rather, where like Talos and Gravik are sitting at a table and we just get to see good actors act for a little bit and like yell at each other. And mm-hmm. this is the bit where I like when Bendelson freaks out in this episode and like does violent things. Like there's a part later where he shoots someone in the, in the chest. Um, but he stabs Gravik like through the hand and like cuts his hand open. And then we see it like form together. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Which, which I thought was fucking cool. Yep. I, uh, I liked the, uh, stabbing as well. Mm-hmm. I like uh, how it cut through his fucking hand. Yes. Yeah, just know? pulled right through. I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're really pushing. I don't know if the scrolls count as people to the, uh, <laughs> the censorship board or whatever. Uh, they used blood, though. Like, there was a scene in the second episode in that butcher shop where, like, some guy got, like, shot in the face. And mm-hmm. they showed that. So, like, why can't this be Endor? Like, we, or Andor, rather. Like, we know what happens. Like, we saw. That's actually one. a really good comparison because, like, people are complaining about this show not about people complaining about the show yeah people are complaining this, about the complaining yeah. yes yes uh, the, complaining about us yeah this is yeah. a serious take you want on the mcu but now you don't like it and or was the serious take on star wars that people have been asking for for years and it was great and uh, it was great to have good dialogue good writing throughout <laughs> good plotting 
Yeah, and it looked good at times. Like, mm -hmm. uh, really, you just saw the throughout. Uh, and it looked different in comparison to other recent Star Wars stuff where, like, I don't really want to dismiss that Kenobi looked bad, but. No, no. Uh, it has moments where it looked better than others. Uh, but it looked like a sand planet, right? Like, it looked like <laughs> fucking Tatooine, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so like it's it was just all stuff that we had seen before, as opposed to Andor, where like we got new locale and we got we got an emo mm -hmm. droid who was B two emo, <laughs> um, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I just we got the um, best monologue in Star Wars, best fucking written dialogue in Star Wars with uh, our uh, oh. Father Skarsgård. Yes, Father Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yes. Stella. Stellan, yes, Stellan. The Von Trier Skarsgård, as, as I like to put them. <laughs> Do you know my second most watched director this year is Lars Von Trier with 10 movies? You know, I've sat through 10 Lars Von Trier movies since fucking January 1st. It's fucked. Glowing endorsement right there. <laughs> Glowing endorsement. It's so fucked. I've seen Stellan Skarsgård's dick and him try and like sexually assault people like at least eight <laughs> times. <laughs> preview for dune 2 i guess uh, yeah 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 i will recommend uh breaking the waves though with uh with scars guard he's very good in that movie oh, um, right. yeah 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 very sad movie though imagine that a uh <laughs> feel bad movie by lars von trier um and then there the other, yeah the other one with bjork i really oh dancer in the dark that was the other one that i was like way 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 into when i was rewatching it so um Actually, I like all of them. I really like Dog, uh, not Dog Tooth. Yeah, Dog Town. Dog Tooth yeah. is the other one. Yeah, we'll talk about Dog Tooth when we get to our uh, our Yorgos Lanthimos pod. That's like inevitable if that movie comes out this year. The mm -hmm. um, what's the name of that Frankenstein movie with? Uh, oh, uh, it was Emma Stone. Uh, yeah. Poor things? things. Poor things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Stoked, 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 stoked. Yeah, More I mean the, the trailer for that one sold me on it even more. Like where it, I didn't even watch the full trailer. It's like a minute in, and I, I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to probably enjoy this. A hundred percent. And that's where that that director's where like you and I both kind of like fell in love with like Olivia Coleman with the favorite. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I had seen her in Hot Fuzz, and but she's barely in that movie, and uh, like. You're well enough in broad church, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, the pub scene. You ever had English breakfast? You ever had an English breakfast? I have not. I don't think it, it's fucking crazy. It's like it's like two whole tomatoes, like a giant piece of ham, some sausage. Like it's so much fucking food. It's. Mm -hmm. And uh, pudding made of blood. I don't know if you know about that. Yes, yes, the blood pudding. I believe. Blood pudding. Yes, blood pudding. Um, he's eating a full fucking English breakfast, which I was just like, that's a crazy thing to start your day with. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I've definitely not had any of that. Uh, no, no. I don't think I would fuck with it. I, I think I would fuck with the blood pudding, like, just to fuck with it. But... Uh, I don't know. I don't think I could start my day with that. I like to start my day with as much caffeine and an empty stomach as possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Fury comes in and informs Talos about uh, 
a scroll agent who infiltrated the US government. And they have like a pretty good little bickering back and forth. My favorite line of the episode where he sits down and Tala says, I lost my appetite. Max is real prissy and pushes the plate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that bit quite a bit. Um, and then Talos makes Fury say, like, I'm a loser and I need your help or something, right? <laughs> yes, yes, something on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they decide to team up with one another and Talos shares uh, Daenerys Stormborn's intelligence that she gave him and Fury calls up our friend Olivia Coleman playing Sonia Fallsworth, a name I would never remember if I didn't have it written down in front of me. There um, is a reason I just keep calling her Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's just acting like Olivia Coleman. It fucking rules. Um, giving us the best scene of the episode, possibly. With the uh, with owl. Yeah. Yeah. Hoot. His name was Hoot. The artist for the owl formerly known as Hoot. Yes. The owl formerly known as Hoot. Now named Nick Fury Jr. And she puts a little eye patch on him. Yeah, yeah. Which fucking rules. Um, you know Big Boy from Outcast? Um, he's like obsessed with owls. Like he has so many owls. Uh, like I follow him on Instagram and it's like really crazy. He's got like a, like a, like a zoo at his house, like a conservatory for owls, like literally hundreds of these things. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. He should start a podcast called Owlcast. Um, <laughs> that was a long way to walk with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went up a short pier, but I had that joke in my head for years. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she gives them the information on who the commander with the launch codes would be right because they know that that would have to have been the agent who would call in the strike because he's the only one who would been capable of calling yes. in the strike yes so he must be a scroll right um it's a bummer how this show identifies who's is and isn't a scroll so quickly <laughs> you know yeah well that tends to happen when you only have 10 characters in your show yeah, but you're in a universe where we have like a million characters. Like, wouldn't it have been cool, like, if Colby Smolders was a scroll or something like that? Like, someone actually close to Nick Fury was a fucking scroll. Like, we spoiler for the end, but we find out Rhodey is pretty much a scroll in this. And like, the first time Rhodes and Fury ever spoke with one another and shared screen time in the MCU was last week. You know what I mean? Like this isn't someone we necessarily thought of as being tight with fucking Nick Fury. You know, it would have been a different story if it was fucking Sam Wilson or someone who we've like actively seen engage with Nick Fury yeah. or, or Hawkeye or, or agent Carter. She would have been a good one. Right. For pots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is literally anyone. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, she pulls goop out of her vagina <laughs> and flings it. This is, I'm actually a super scroll. That's part of my uh, mm-hmm. goopy vagina. Yep. Yep. Her scroll name instead of Clert can be goop. Oh, I think you were going to say Clit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the other joke I was going to go for. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been fucking funny. Clit with a K. Yes, of course. Yeah. In a, in a, um, apostrophe. Yes, an apostrophe. Yeah. Clit yeah. Barton. Um, <laughs> he shoots goop out of bows and arrows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so they head out to some place in England. Um, and they have like an argument in a car that might not actually be them driving in a car, which like bums me out too. You know what I mean? Like just two actors on a fucking big led sound stage, like sitting in a car yelling at each other. Like where is the money in this show going to where the hell is it? Surely. Yeah. You think the super scroll is going to look cool or do you think he's going to look like a fucking an abomination like uh like the abomination? <laughs> I think it's going to be underwhelming. I think the CGI will probably be decent on the powers, but uh, yeah. Just like the Melacon powers? Just like that? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, do they have yeah. good track records with i mean they have like groot looks good and he's a fully cgi'd character i are they allowed to just like repurpose his <laughs> not just stealing elements from their past movies and repurposing like people are going to be able to spot that you've just reoriented a, uh, a model of a tree branch i mean like we identified that with she hulk where she-Hulk CGI looked significantly worse than Bruce Banner CGI. Yeah, yeah. And that's 100% because they've had those CGI renderings mm -hmm. of Mark Ruffalo for so, so long. Yeah, I think you're completely right there. So they're just going to recycle these fucking after effects plugins. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, all right, so we've already had a frost giant, so we got that in the bank, and we had a whole movie with Extremis, so we got that in the bank. You know what I mean? We've <laughs> already modeled this fucking uh, Call of Obsidian's hand separately, cut it off, and everything. It makes sense. Uh, I I was thinking of you because I rewatched the uh, Chinese theater scene from um, Iron Man Three today. Uh, to see like what the extremist powers looked like mm -hmm. and um, all the extremist explosions make the craziest sound effect. It's not the Wilhelm scream, but it's, it's almost like worse. It's like, Ooh! like it's so weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I definitely thought of it like, Oh, that's something that would probably bug Travis, you know, <laughs> the stock fucking sound effect, you know, sounds like like an iMovie like drag and drop kind of you know oh, i see i see yeah yeah it was pretty funny um i did kind of dig how talos was like you're only a boss because of me like you were just a lackey working in an office and then you found us and we are the reason why you got promoted like you climbed the ranks at the back of like our hard work and we still have to live in the shadows like kind of like go fuck yourself you know what i mean absolutely yeah yeah um between and this and the way that fury lost his eye in captain marvel it just makes him like more and more incompetent the yeah, do you like on. that like do you like the nerfing of nick fury like not particularly. I, like, yeah. Nick Fury isn't a character I have any intense love for or anything, but okay. it's just, he just keeps getting lamer. Yeah, this Nick Fury, 
I, I've always liked this Nick Fury. When back when we first started the fucking podcast, like he was used right back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, when we first did, like, I forget what it was between, but there was like a week where we had no MCU and we didn't know really what we were fucking doing, and Kira yeah. left, and and we had our friend James from Android's Amazing Podcast on, and we would do these like drafts where we would like have a guest yeah. on and we would like do a fake fantasy draft and we did like an avengers lineup draft right yeah and i chose nick fury man like i because like i was like the guy would get us everywhere we gotta go and like all the yeah. information we have to need like he's a good like like power set i guess to have like if you were making like a D team or something like that that's kind of mm-hmm. how i was like going at it where it's like you need the the recon team kind of Nick Fury's good at that. And um, I, I grew up on the Starenko, like reading, like I uh, had it in like some sort of trade um, Nick Fury, agent of shield, like that, that late sixties, early seventies run on Nick Fury. With the amazing covers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the, the greatest covers and some fantastic interiors and like, you know, Jim Starenko like really bordered on um, like, like, it's why not, is this guy making comic books and shit? Yeah, why is yeah. this guy not Andy Warhol? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's making comic books where it's not necessarily like highbrow art art. It, it's yeah. definitely like pop art and, and commercial art at the time. But it was at a time where like commercial art started penetrating the actual art world with like the Andy Warhols of the world and the Keith Herrings of the world and guys like that. Um, where you would see that in a comic book and just be like, what the fuck? You know, it's a lot like, <laughs> like the Doctor Strange back then too with Dicko and stuff. Yeah, yeah. With Doctor Strange, at least, uh, there's magic involved. So, yeah, it, it makes sense to be a little wild with the art, but make sure it's a fucking secret agent. Yeah. But, but again, it looked like the, the weird trippy intros to like Goldfinger. You know That's what I true. mean? That's true. Yeah, like it had that that swinging sixties kind of kind of vibe to it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but I've always been partial to Nick Fury, and when I see him flawed or see him up with his back against the wall, I want to see it because the forces that he's up against are bigger than him. You know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. that's a fun take on why fury's like he's like out of his depths like how big can the problem be that the guy who knows everything is lost and instead it's like no we're just gonna make him like really flawed and (laughs) incompetent and i'm like that's a weird take on on the character um and maybe it'll pay off and it'll be like psych i had the upper hand the whole time like i engineered this whole thing you know and He'll rip his mask off and be a scroll. But um, <laughs> who the fuck knows, man? Um, was there an action beat where they infiltrated this uh, commandant's house? There was the with the the child hostage, right? Yeah, but did they like dispatch any security? I don't remember. Uh, that's the bit where uh, Cattles uh, knocks out one guy who stabs okay. him, and then. He has his covers blown, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, turn into that guy, like yeah. Like, you throw his body in a bush, and you're him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like amazing. Nothing. Yeah, it's amazing. And and they totally just 
dispatch that whole racial tension thing from the first two episodes too, where they were kind of almost like making some sort of analogy between the scrolls can't live here because it's hard enough for like black people to live in the United States and the world. How would they feel about green people? And this episode, they're just like, nah, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that might be the way the rest of the season goes. Yeah. They're like, we have this really good idea. We're going to talk about it once and then, you know, Mm -hmm. move it out of the way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like maybe they fired fury because I don't know. Like you can only have one black guy in charge and it has to be roadie, you know, like I know it sounds horrible to say, but like a racist president like Thunderbolt Ross and a racist newscaster like Shooter McGavin might think that, you know? Yeah. 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 We didn't even talk about that. Like weird scene where like Nick Fury and his fucking wife are like having coffee and he has on like Fox news and he wants to keep it on. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he's just gathering intel. Uh. Yeah. Uh. You think he knows that this guy is a scrawl? Oh, you would hope. hope. Talos does, but is Talos telling Fury everything? Like, do you still think Talos is a bad guy? No, no, I, I, I'm not on board one way or the other with that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of what I was thinking last week. And now considering like he's done things that inevitably lead to his daughter's death. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that would work anymore. Right. No, well, I don't know that his daughter's dead. We'll get yeah. There, so. Yeah. They paid too much for her, for her salary to kill her in episode three. Yes. Yes. And the, the way they pan down to her courts without actually getting to her courts makes me think there's a longer cut. We're going to see later where she pops up. Yeah. If it was um, on HBO, she would have had her boobs out. <laughs> Better show. Better show. Yeah. Would have forgiven the acting much like I did on mm. Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> like, how is, yeah, yeah. How is HBO able to make an incredible miniseries off the fucking Watchmen sequel that shouldn't exist? And this is bad. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's a good question. How much did they pay for Watchmen? I wonder. Well, like Warner Brothers and HBO are partners, so they probably had the rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh, like, oh, how much did the like Watchmen the, the television budget. show? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's a good question. I have to consult uh, the master. Fifteen million Ruler per here. episode, so about the half the budget of this. Fifty million per episode. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, that that's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Oh my God. That is insane. Um, yeah. So then they hold this fucking fake scroll hostage while we get like a hunt for red October scene, right? Where the one guy in the submarine who's like, obviously a scroll is like, you hit the button because those are orders and they have to do the cool, like, let's put the two keys in at the same time thing. Right. Yes, yes, they do. They do. Uh, Travis, that's shit I should be eating up. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing in the world. You know what I mean? Wait, I think, I think the two key things is at the, uh, the the storage facility with the gun. I think the gun is what they get out with two keys. Is it? I thought they were, they each had to have like a key to detonate the launch code. 
I don't know on that. I, uh, I, I think I it was the gun. I don't know. I love the submarine thing. Like I love when there's like a guy hesitant about dropping a nuke and there's the other guy who's like, no orders are orders. Like, but I was the hunt for red October. The one where Denzel Washington talks about the silver surfer. No, that's Crimson Tide. That's Crimson Tide. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great line where you get to see Denzel Washington and this otherwise super serious movie say, nonsense everyone who knows silver surfer knows that kirby silver surfer is far superior to (laughs) silver surfer and i'm like what that is crazy (laughs) why does this exist you know what i mean it's great dialogue (laughs) yeah tarantino did the uh rewrite on that or something oh uh, i didn't realize that makes sense uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, he was like a script doctor on it, and he's I like, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he gives his like, you know, that Superman speech at the end of uh, Kill Bill Two, mm-hmm. like where this like otherwise very serious movie, they just start talking about like Krypton. I'm like, okay, you got me. You've caught my interest, sir. You know. Uh, um, I like that they hold a child hostage. I'm, I, I kind of <laughs> wish they shot him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was some, just a squirrel kid, I assume. Yeah, maybe show some goddamn stakes instead of like <laughs> having nothing. Uh, and then they get the information because Talos calls Daenerys Stormborn and she like runs into a room where they like keep the bodies of all their like people they're shifted oh, into. Yeah, alive. yeah, yeah. Scrolls have like memory reading abilities. I forgot about this from Captain Marvel. Yes, yes, they do. Interesting. Yeah. I uh didn't make much of the scene. <laughs> it was a scroll yeah. back, I guess. Uh, uh the kid's name is the code and Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. The uh, day is saved and they thought how did I said the word again. What's the what's the word? Thought, thought. Uh, thought. Thort, they thought the uh, the scheme, and uh, and the UN people are saved, and they've prevented they've prevented fucking uh, World War Three. And then we get the the moment where they should have kissed, where he's like, "If you believe in Gravik, then why did you help me?" And he's like, "It's not that I believe in Gravik; it's that I love you," or something like that, <laughs> you know. Um, and meanwhile, though, Gravik sees Gaia, uh, Daenerys Stormborn's character, and she's like, man, sure is a bummer that didn't work out, huh? And he's like, oh, I didn't want it to work out. This was so I could find the spy. And he shoots her, and we're supposed to believe she's dead, even though there's a trailer where she's holding a gun and doing a bunch of stuff that we haven't seen yet in the episode. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't see... uh, I didn't pay attention to those parts in the trailer. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I... I said, I do think she's still alive. I think that Gravik just likes his job. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, and I think, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm right about uh, there being a specific uh, mystique uh, from the X-Men series. Mm. Uh, there's a bit where she gets shot in uh, her solo series, and she's removed the placement of her internal organs to survive. I mm. hope that's what it is. Because uh, yeah. that's silly and dumb and Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that is neat i would like that she should have turned into a cow and hid you know what i mean (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a bit, I guess, in Captain Marvel, I, I, this is secondhand. I don't recall this line, but uh, where uh, Kalos is asked if he can turn into a filing cabinet. And uh, he doesn't answer. Do you think we're going to get a callback to that where a scroll hides as a filing cabinet? Like, if you could hide as an uh, inanimate object, like, why wouldn't you? Like, the, the yeah. T-1000 hit as, like, vinyl flooring. That's true. It's true. Right? James Cameron wins again. Yeah, um, I mean, they should definitely copy that. Terminator is a yeah. better movie than this could ever hope to be. Terminator uh, 2 is yeah. way more fun than this could ever hope to be. Um, and then we get the dumbest scene of the episode. Uh, which was a pretty dumb episode where uh, Nick Fury's wife goes to a bank and they bring her into this crazy looking security deposit box room. And he's like, I will leave you alone with your possessions. Yeah. She, well, she like waits for him to leave. Just, she doesn't want him to know. <laughs> she pulls out a single gun wrapped in a manila envelope. Uh, I don't understand a whole lot about that. I, 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 the secrecy. Like, sure. Show her pull out a passport, some money, and the gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is where I go when I want to. But not even. You just change into someone else. Like, you change into someone else with a gun and a gun, right? Like, <laughs> it's not like a laser gun. And <laughs> no, that would have been cool. It was like a Mars Attacks, like, ray gun. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been neat, you know? Um, no, it's just a regular, regular Glock. And then... She receives a phone call from a one Colonel Rhodes saying Gravik wants to see you now or or it's Gravik's orders that you got to come see me. So we get confirmation that like Rhodey is being impersonated by a scroll and working for Gravik. Yes, yes. So the cover up goes deeper than we think. What did you think of this reveal, Travis? I uh, I kind of couldn't care. I. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like a big, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a big ball of nothing. Mm-hmm. A big ball of nothing. Speaking of big ball of nothing, Travis, um, is there anything else that you want to say about <laughs> episode three of Disney Plus's newest Marvel Cinematic Universe venture, Secret Invasion, Betrayed, before jumping into our final thoughts and our reviews? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you really feel. Let's rate this. We here at MCU Beyond Infinity podcast rate and review all of our installments from one to five super scrolls. One super scroll being the worst, five super scrolls being the best. We do accept half super scrolls. With that being said, for episode three of the newest Marvel Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion, Betrayed, one out of five Super Scrolls. Travis, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it the same as last week. Uh, Two, I I believe, was the score last week. I think you gave 1.5. This is a show where we don't remember what we were viewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at two. I, I did... I like this episode more than last week, but that's like an exceptionally low bar. I, mm-hmm. I, the spy stuff just isn't working for me. I, uh, 
it's kind of a hard sell for me in, in general, and I don't think it's particularly well done here, even if I did like that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's track record with the fake espionage thriller stuff has been almost like a high bar for me. Like Black Widow wasn't great, but the character stuff was so good that mm-hmm. I kind of forgave the lack of really caring about like Russian super soldiers <laughs> or anything that was happening in that and the global network of super spies. Um, but the the character stuff at its core in Black Widow was was fantastic. And they were able to execute, you know, genre tropes with giving us that kind of um, par for the course, really good execution of the character stuff that Marvel does so well. Mm-hmm. And that movie was done with established characters like, like Natasha, much like this is being done with an established character like Nick Fury. And then, you know, the high bar, I guess would be um, both the winter soldier film and, and Falcon and the winter soldier as a television show. Mm-hmm. So we've seen it executed on a television front as well as, you know, the, two-hour cinematic venture um, with characters that we are acquainted to but haven't spent a ton of time with. And getting to spend more time with Nick Fury sounds like something I would just have really eaten up. I was looking forward to this so much because I would... I was just excited to get into the inner workings of the spy rings that Nick Fury runs. But they strip them of it before we even saw it really, you know, there's the kind of classic trope of like, you know, you, you, you depower your, um, your superhero at the midway point, which would have been this week, you know, the, uh, Spider-Man no more or Superman two or something like that. Um, but they kind of, they depower fury right at the beginning. If his superpower would be, you know, just knowing everything, um, and and then they just keep running with it, and he doesn't necessarily even like build his network up. Like he starts with his network, he has the same network now halfway through, and he's almost like kind of just like losing people. Um, this was another actionless episode, and this was another episode where the stakes of world war three remained relatively neutral and nothing was necessarily like escalated. Right. Um, the inciting incident, I guess would have been that explosion in Russia in, in episode one. And that's kind of just existed, like set the status quo to, to where it still is at this point. I would love to see people freaking out and like doomsday prepping or red dawning or something like that. And seeing news reports of like, uh, you know, the American people like taking up arms and like going nuts and looting, Mm -hmm. like literally anything happening in the background here to kind of give us a context for why these stakes are so high, because this isn't like, a secret like the fact that it scrolls is a secret war right that's a secret invasion but we're going to get a reveal of them to the general public at some point i would think in the show and is it is nick fury trying to still keep them secret to the general public like is that still something he's trying to do at the same time right i guess but yeah i i don't see that working out for (laughs) No. Uh, no, we're halfway through this thing, and 
if this was a movie and we're about to enter the third act, Mm -hmm. I would be pretty fucking disappointed so far. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. This is like two stars all the way (laughs) where it's serviceable, Mm -hmm. but it's like nothing more than serviceable. And Marvel was a brand that exceeded what it should actually be. Like it pulled things off that shouldn't have been so widely accepted and beloved in, in film, right? Is it giving you a greater appreciation for the Eternals? No, no. I still like this a lot more than the Eternals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I still like this a lot. Uh, The Eternals. I think I gave it half a star when we, when oh, we yeah. reviewed it. Yeah, it's got one star on my letterbox. Oh well. Yeah. 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 It's got one star on my letterbox. Yeah. Um, but it 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 is making me think like maybe the Eternals as a miniseries mm-hmm. would have worked a lot better because we would have gotten time to give a shit about any of the characters that yeah, we yeah. were hanging out with. They could have done like the the haunting of Hill House thing where they each episode is dedicated to a single character fleshing them out. Uh, giving you a reason to care and then having a big finale that gives them all a moment to pay off somehow. A hundred percent. And I'm starting to, I, I don't think, I would like to think that the higher ups at Marvel, like Kevin Feige, like evaluated the schedule and the plan mm-hmm. with precision prior to these announcements. But I'm starting to think back about how phase two was announced and it was just phase two and it was just those like six things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then phase three was announced and it felt a little bit bigger and it was just those, whatever it was like nine projects. Yeah. Right. And in humans, <laughs> but <laughs> just through the reveal, like maybe they should stop announcing things years in advance like that. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, people would still works. be finding out. I guess, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think they should kind of go back to throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks rather than just making a million announcements mm -hmm. and hoping it all works out in their favor because the second something doesn't resonate, you're just kind of stuck with it. You know what I mean? Like whatever the status quo is at the end of this, they're just going to be stuck with it. And if the status quo doesn't change and it just ends up being like a nothing thing in like the world building context of (laughs) the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then it's kind of like a pointless exercise in mediocrity. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's not even doing the one thing I wanted from this show, which is feature Sharon Carter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just so she can be a scroll and we can undo one of the worst things about Falcon and (laughs) Soldier. Oh, the Power Broker reveal. Yeah, yeah. When's the next time you think we're going to see the power broker? Ah, uh, 2048, I think. Is yeah. The next scheduled appearance with that. Yeah. You don't think they'll announce a Disney Plus Sharon Carter uh, spinoff the way they announced Echo? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I think not. But where is <laughs> Armor Wars probably. Is what... Yeah. Uh, but like Armor Wars was originally going to be a television series. Do you think one of the reasons oh, why yeah. It, yeah, it, it's now being made as a film? Do you think it's because like they did this and they saw this and they're like, yeah, maybe we should <laughs> not do this again? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know. Uh, maybe. Like, yeah. What's that thing George Bush said? Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you're not gonna you're not gonna fool me again, or whatever he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always think about that when I when I see these things, but yet here we are talking about it every mm-hmm. single fucking week. This is <laughs> what I call it a pointless exercise in mediocrity. I, I yeah. kind of stick to that fucking you were trying to just strike with it. Like there's no I can't just not race it at this point, but Yeah. Or they could have like gone back and finished it, and maybe added an action bit, or just done some test screenings, some action, uh, some decent action spread more evenly throughout would have helped a bit, just to distract. <laughs> if they found out all the information about where the guy lived who had the launch codes to the nuclear submarine Mm -hmm. and 20 minutes, even 10 minutes of this runtime was dedicated to a cool little scene where Nick Fury and Talos had guns in their hands and they were going through a mansion, taking out proper security unit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, that was pretty cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Other than the guy that Talos and knees in the face, I don't actually recall any (laughs) fucking take out or any of that. Uh, there was little to no action. There was like a couple brief moments of like quick violence. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not enough to maintain like actual momentum, you know, especially in the action spy genre. Like um, a listener of the podcast, uh, Jason, um, not enemy of the podcast, Jason Smith of Sinister Cinema Reviews, but uh a guy, uh, Jason, who's in the Facebook group, you know, he was watching Guardians of the Galaxy 3 today yes. and he posted, like, is there a better action beat in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than the one take fight scene in the hallway of Guardians? And that Lemurian star bit in the beginning of. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, remember yeah. how that beat played out, like in the beginning of uh, the win- Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where. <laughs> Cap and Natasha land on the the boat. Yes, and- it starts out giving us a strong action beat that's different than anything we saw in the last, the previous Captain America movie to let you know that it's going to be a much different film, totally. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you have seen that kind of, like, shh, be quiet kind of, like, oh, what's that video game? Metal Gear Solid yes. style or, or Hitman or Max Payne or something like that. Like, you know, sneaking through the house, taking out like a security service. Yeah. Like, There's not that much room in the volume, though. <laughs> but they did it with the one take shot in Loki where the city was fucking falling down. Like that mm-hmm. was all done in the volume, right? Like figure it out, you lazy bastard, you know? <laughs> And we started this podcast with such good intent. Yeah. Uh, Show me. Now we're just hurling abuse of these poor fucking everywhere to CGI possible humanoids. Yeah. Possible humans. Possibly a chat GPT plugin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We don't know yet. A human summer, uh, whatever the fucking name of it is. Oh, oh, mid journey. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What if we type secret invasion, but Wes Anderson? Um, (laughs) And it's like, sorry, no black people allowed in Wes Anderson. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. I hadn't noticed that about the Wes Anderson. Yeah. Well, you got Danny Glover and Tenenbaums, but 
but he's totally. like acting white. That's like the joke. And then you got the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon in Asteroid City. And then that's about Gary it. Olden? He's not black. <laughs> no, the other he just, one. He just played one in True Romance. No. Yeah, he's not black. He just played one on TV. Uh. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Let's wrap it up and talk about some news. <laughs> Fox? Disney? Acquisition? Right? I have no idea. Galore? No, uh, Deadpool 3, these cameos keep getting leaked slash announced. announced. They're kind of just being announced. Um, The newest is uh, Jennifer Gardner returning as Elektra, right? Yes, yes. I... I assume it's going to be like a two-second cameo poking fun at it, how horribly miscast she was as a lecturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like any of that, really. Like, uh, obviously, I didn't like The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> as anything other than, like, this morbid curiosity thing. Yeah. Uh, Listen to our Flash episode. It's very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. We're very uh, confused the whole time. And I don't love No Way Home as much as every other human on the planet besides you. I had a blast seeing No Way Home uh, was, in theaters. Yeah, yeah, it's just not held up on rewatch much at all. Like the borderline unwatchable unless you watch it with someone who's never seen it. Yes, seeing other people see it is fun, but yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone on the planet's seen it now, yeah, and it's not yeah. fun anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's still okay, but it's not the best Spider-Man by a fucking stretch. Uh, what if it's Daredevil fighting Elektra on a seesaw with a bunch of little kids in the playground watching and they like flirt fight? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Uh, I think Ben Affleck will come back for uh, <laughs> Daredevil. He's, he's like on. kind of, he's like in that zone where he just doesn't give a fuck kind of lately like Affleck seems to be like you found like a new a new like second wind in life recently oh yeah it might be like burying his private parts <laughs> in, in Jennifer <laughs> Lopez's asshole but yes, yeah. uh, which which would like reinvigorate any man you know what I mean that's surely surely yeah, on like some sort of primal level you know uh-huh. um and 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 I mean like I'm a sneaker guy I, I collect <laughs> Jordans and shit and I, I saw air but on top of seeing air I watch a lot of like the press for it and like mm-hmm. he went on like the complex sneaker podcast and like walked around like stadium goods and was being like really funny and like being a dude like it was yeah. like him, him and like Chris Tucker and Ben Affleck like and Matt Damon I mean like shopping for sneakers and I'm like good for Ben Affleck he's having fun like, you know time. what I mean yeah, he's yeah. having a good time uh, and not taking everything like so fuck all seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also cool. Like the town rules like so it's much. Good movie. Good, good movie. movie. Good movie. They should just remake Heat every 10 years. There's no law against it. Uh, yeah. No, no. There should be a law for that. Like if uh, I ever ran for. That for, would be your, your platform. That would be my platform. I would just bring people into a room. Show them the bank heist from Heat. Show them the one of the 
money bank heist in in the town and then and then the good parts of den of thieves and and just be like come on you know what i mean and shake my shoulders and be like we can all put our tax payer money together for 50 million dollars every 10 years to Mm -hmm. make one of these kinds of movies um you know who is going to be in this as well it was kind of leaked slash announced is uh channing tatum finally getting to play the role of uh Gambit. Of Gambit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Remy Lebeau. I uh I did not catch that news. I uh I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like I, it. I don't uh, not as like a one off. Like uh, this just feels like it's going to be a cameo fest and that's not really mm. what I like it about Deadpool. I'm, maybe they're doing Deadpool kills the Marvel universe or something, but But why? Like yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the. I know that humor is a pivotal part of the character for ninety percent of people. I mm-hmm. I liked it better when it was just a mercenary that cracked jokes. He was murdery Spider Man kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my favorite take on Deadpool. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite take on Deadpool is the Rick Remender uncanny X Force. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like peak. There's very little humor with him there. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a bit where he's feeding his uh, the skin he's cutting off of himself to Angel to help him regenerate. <laughs> but that's that's about it as far as the jokes go. And there's a lot of like peripheral characters mm-hmm. seeing him addressing the comic book reader, and it's addressed as like. Are you okay? Like, yes, you know, you're not actually in a comic book, like, and and it's almost like addressed as it's a mental illness of some kind. I thought that was interesting. Indeed, indeed. But what do you think of the casting of Channing Tatum as Gambit to begin with? Gambit's a character who I don't really like, who people are <laughs> aged, like specifically between like 35 and like 40, 45, like really dig because of the X Men cartoon. Um, it looks cool, and yes, the cartoon's a big part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes for great Tumblr thirst traps, uh, <laughs> DeviantArt pages. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Gambit. I recognize he's not a great character. Yeah. I like him the same way I like Venom, I guess. Mm, same. Yeah, yeah, I like him better when he's with Rogue, uh, yep. and we haven't had a proper live-action Rogue. Uh, so, I don't know. I like Channing Tatum as Gambit. He's um, he's from like Alabama, but grew up in like a Bayou community. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, just on like the border of uh, Louisiana, but like a rivery Bayou area, like a swampy area. Mm-hmm. So he has the accent. I think Channing Tatum is good and funny. Like I think he's good. He certainly can be at times. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, like uh, this is the end. He just got a, mm-hmm. a nice little funny bit there where I assume he doesn't take himself too serious. I could be wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. And he, um, what are those fucking movies? Uh, the Twenty One Jump Street movies. Those are movies that like shouldn't work. That are like surprisingly fucking really good. And it's like mm-hmm. partially because he's just so funny he plays he like did the dumb himbo thing before hemsworth kind of did you know what i mean um which is like a a trope that i still laugh at when it's done right yeah yeah. Yeah. and uh 
I don't know. I, I, I like Channing Tatum. And when he's serious, like he's in those, um, I know they're thought of as just like horny thirst trap movies, but um, Magic, Mike. Magic Mike movies are yeah. great. Those are Steven Soderbergh movies. Like they're good. Like they're actual movies. You know what I mean? And and if you take a girl to them, they you might be able to convince her to sleep with you because she's just <laughs> thinking about, I don't know, someone else with their yeah. clothes off. That's not my schlubby pale pasty ass you know what i mean so with um with him as gambit i guess it would kind of depend on if it's going to be a real role or if it's just going to be a glorified cameo like the nicholas cage spoilers uh in a recent movie yeah <laughs> yeah trying not to say it but like, yeah yeah we're not spoiling every movie mm-hmm. just, just one. yeah yeah, listen to the f- oh shit, I can't even say it. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Lord knows. So now we know there's uh, Jennifer Garner as Electra, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Do you think Hugh Jackman's going to be more than a cameo? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that I expect him to just be a full on team up movie. Yeah, because uh, Wolverine gets asses in the seats, right? Yeah, yeah. That they've been petitioning it, and that's how they've been promoting it. If he's not. People are going to be very upset. Yeah, I hope he's not. But um, I think it undermines Logan, which is a great movie. Ah, um, okay, okay, Mr. Mangold. Yeah, yeah. Just like, just like Mangold recently undermined uh, my precious Indiana Jones. Uh, but that's a different story. Um, yes, yes. I. Uh, he doesn't. I don't really want you, Jackman, coming back to begin with. No. I, I said. Before with all the my ideal method for bringing in the X Men into the X into the MCU was to not fucking rehash any Fox stuff. They're going to, and I'm sure some of it will be all right and everything. That's not the way I want it to kind of. I mean, I really thought the idea that post the Thanos stuff, if there was some sort of radiation that. Mm-hmm. like infinity gem based radiation that caused genetic mutations to like come out like the way uh Monica Rambo went through the the hex yes. and got her powers yes. or Miss Marvel was exposed to something like you know what i the mean the like, of the stones the, the Thanos does to prevent them from use the future the outpouring of energy there there could still be like a some people who were already mutants, they were just extremely rare, like Apocalypse and Wolverine. But having it be the catalyst for an, an outburst of uh, fresh mutants, like in the 60s in the comics. Yeah, and it yeah. could be like almost like the Terrigen Mist is to Inhumans, mm-hmm. kind of, but not as like mystical. We don't talk about the Terrigen Mist. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about Terrigen Mist anymore. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. Clearly, they shut Black Bolt's mouth and blow his head up if you yeah, try to talk about that's it. That's enough of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's what he's trying to tell her. It's wonder yeah. about it. He just talk about the mist. You're actually an inhuman, so Marvel could keep the rights to you and put you in them fucking movies. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? Um, yeah. 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 I thought they were going to do it with Magneto for a little while. I got so <laughs> freaked out. I got so freaked out, but you, so yeah, so we got Jennifer Gardner. We have Hugh Jackman. We have Channing Tatum. Knows as he beats. I, uh, knows as he beats. Domino. Yeah. Yeah. One of the highlights of Deadpool 2 for me. Yeah. Great actress. I really like her. Yeah. Uh, she's in Atlanta, correct? 
Yeah. Do you watch yeah. that show? Uh, I watched two seasons, I think, of it. Okay. Yeah, it's a show I really like, and then I just I forget it. Just unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great fucking show with a lot of really good high quality actors in it, and um, FX has done this thing over the past like decade and a half where they have these shows that are comedies that are secretly like the best made shows on television, but Mm -hmm. they're comedies, but they're the best made shows on television, which started kind of with Louie where like, why did David Lynch direct an episode of Louie? Like it was so weird that that existed, you know, I didn't realize you did. That's wild. Dude, there is an episode of Louie that David Lynch did where Louie goes to meet like a Hollywood agent played by David Lynch. And it's just 15 minutes of Lynch and, and Louis CK, like across like a desk in a black and white office, yeah. like just saying utter nonsense where I was like, is this happening like on television right now? Like, am I the only one watching this? Like, you know, yeah. I was freaking out. Um, and then there's Atlanta and now it's the bear. Have you been watching the bear? No, no, I'm not. It's great show, man. Great show. My boy Johnny Barenthal showed up on it. I was like, oh, look at oh, hey. yeah, yeah. Love that guy. Love that guy. No one in Hollywood can yell better. Um, <laughs> so we got Colossus coming back, right? Confirmed. Um, I'm happy about that one. Me too. Yeah, I, I really like Colossus and both the Deadpool movies. He's big. Yeah, he big. He big. Yeah. Uh, he Russian. He Russian. Um, we have Negasonic Teenage Warhead, very strange character. Um, oh, is she coming back too? She is, she is, and so is like she's kind of barely in that second one. Yeah, I'm gonna sound kind of racist. Yukio, is that the name of the other character? Yeah, yeah, that I is it Yukio or is that a Pokemon? Yu Gi Oh! is an anime, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not a Pokemon, it's another kind of anime. Yeah, no, uh, she was basically just kind of a token character in the second one. Where... Yeah, but they had good bits with her. Like, uh, <laughs> you didn't like those okay bits? bits. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, hello. Like, they, they were buddies. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Negasonic because I'm a fan of the all new X-Men, like a kind of controversial take where I think that was like kind of the best the X-Men had been for a very long time. Uh mm-hmm. Like since the late eighties, like I think that Did was you like say new X Men, the uh, Grant Morrison one. Yeah, the all new X Men. Oh, like, yeah, the new X Men that Grant Morrison yeah, yeah. did with Frank Whiteley did the with art the, on like with the weird first. mutants. It should have been Inhumans. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were all gross. <laughs> uh, That's why they should be Inhumans. <laughs> Cassandra Kane, not Cassandra Kane. What's the name of the, the... <laughs> uh, Cassandra Nova? Yeah, Cassandra Nova. Yeah. yeah, that would be a fun villain to start with, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Like Just, Professor X's evil twin sister, yeah. yeah, yeah, like the aborted fetus, like <laughs> like in Professor X's mom's brain. Or really whatever. sets Professor X up to be a complete asshole, like he is in the comics, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a that that's a I mean, fun. It, run. it would be a big departure for people that only know Professor X from the cartoons and the movies, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have there been any other? Like returning Fox X Men announced. I'm not really sure. Ah, uh, no, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm no. aware of. Our boy Tom Wamscam coming up big as a TVA agent. Very excited about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Curious to see how much that plays into the movie. Huh? Yeah, I wish Brian Cox would come back as uh, <laughs> General Striker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that succession crossover. 
Yeah, just have He's him. He's coming as Logan. That's the Logan, Logan we get. Oh, imagine old man Logan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you just Wolverine gets into finance, and it's fucking it's a nightmare. Wolverine is like the mascot at like the Waystar fucking amusement parks. Oh god. Kitty Pride is the cousin Greg. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, uh, this I podcast like, was almost a succession podcast this week. If I had finished it in time, if uh, you finished it in time, we would have made done... episode five if the show continues sucking. Yeah, <laughs> we we will do our succession recap like a month and a half too late. It's <laughs> just like just for me and you to dive into succession. Yes, yes. Uh, if you haven't watched Succession, it's so good. Like you could literally just pause Secret Invasion. Open up HBO or Max or whatever you want to call it and watch Succession instead. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely good. You could just read about this online and yeah, or listen to our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I highly suggest doing. And if you want to tell us about it, you can email us at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to find us on social media and continue the conversation, please go to the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group. A wonderful place that Kira Travis and I have started to talk anything and everything related to Succession, Logan Roy, the Waystar, um, Family. yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> I forgot the name, Alexander Skarsgård, Infinity Pool, Mia Goth. They're not being a Shang Chi too. Um, Magic Mike, Marvel Comics. Uh, whatever the fuck you want to talk about, flash stream of conscious uh, yeah. poetry, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Just <laughs> what this podcast is going to divulge into if we don't come back next week uh, to talk about Secret Invasion episode four, which we are now more than halfway over. So it's kind of like I feel like I'm pulling a band aid off too slow. You know yeah. what I mean with this show? Like, like I wish they would just rip this thing off. You know. Like there was a point in time where I literally had to put a bandaid like right next to my butt, like butthole. And um, to get it off, I would take a little hot water rag and like, like moisten the, uh, the glue. Like yes, I would like, yes. cause it was, and I could take it off easier without damaging um, too much of my asshole. Uh, they did shave part of it when they um, lanced this thing, but um you know, that's how I feel like I'm in as much pain as when I got my the growth in my asshole lanced at the emergency room that one day. Um, that's what I'm equating Secret Invasion to. It's probably um, a good thing. This doesn't sound like a glowing review. Yeah. No, it was horrible. Remember, I used to do the pod and I would like bring out like 10 pillows. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. yeah, we would pause every once in a while. I'd have to be like, dude, I gotta get up because like I'm in so much pain. Um yeah, Travis. <laughs> With that being said, my name is Travis. I'm Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, not John. I, uh... And fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>